Guideline First Look Guideline for Preoperative Patient Skin Antisepsis by Karina Stanton The updated AORN, Guideline for Preoperative Patient Skin Antisepsis, will provide guidance for preoperative patient skin antisepsis to promote patient safety and reduce the risk of surgical site infection, SSI. It includes new sections on decolonization and quality and updated recommendations on preoperative bathing, surgical site hair management, and selecting, applying, handling, and storing antiseptics. Quote, Because guidelines are only useful if they can be successfully put into practice, there is a focus on implementation in this revision, such as how to implement a decolonization program and ways to include preoperative skin antisepsis in facility SSI prevention bundles. End quote, said Karen Decay, perioperative practice specialist and lead author of the guideline. The guideline was last updated in 2014 and will be available in the AORN eGuidelines Plus in May 2021. Decolonization Decolonization is the practice of treating patients with antimicrobials and or antiseptics to reduce or eliminate the bacterial load, specifically of Staphylococcus aureus, on the patient's body and in the patient's nares. The goal is to decrease the risk of transmission and SSI acquisition for high-risk procedures and patients. An interdisciplinary team comprised of one or more infection preventionists, epidemiologists, pharmacists, perioperative nurses, surgeons, microbiology laboratory personnel, and other stakeholders identified by the healthcare organization should determine the need for a preoperative decolonization program at their facility. A risk-based approach should be used to help determine decolonization strategies. Quote, A risk-based approach is recommended by health agencies and professional societies because it is a general consensus by these organizations that decolonization is not for all surgical patients, end quote, Decay said. Factors to consider when selecting a decolonization strategy include the organization's SSI rates, procedure-specific risk factors, and patient-specific risk factors. For example, older age, esorius colonization, presence of an indwelling medical device. If this interdisciplinary team determines the need for a decolonization program, evidence-based horizontal, vertical, or blended implementation strategies are recommended. A horizontal approach focuses on reducing clinically relevant pathogens using universal interventions, such as nasal decolonization, chlorhexidine gluconate bathing, hand hygiene, and personal protective equipment for every member of a general population. This approach is known as universal decolonization. A vertical approach focuses on reducing a specific pathogen, for example, esorus, using targeted interventions such as screening nasal and skin decolonization and contact precautions for a select population. This approach is known as targeted decolonization. A blended horizontal and vertical approach incorporate specific actions from both strategies according to the needs of the organization and based on relevant data. For example, surgical population, antibiotic resistance patterns. Quote, Any decolonization program 
requires strategic monitoring as part of an overall SSI surveillance and quality improvement program. End quote, Decay said. She noted that Tables 3 and 4 in the full guideline, which outline evidence-based outcomes for specific antibiotic and antiseptic decolonization protocols, may provide protocol options for facilities implementing such programs. Preoperative bathing A standardized protocol for preoperative bathing should be established by an interdisciplinary team and followed for every patient undergoing a surgical or other invasive procedure. Quote, High-quality evidence supports preoperative bathing to reduce the microbial flora on the patient's skin. End quote, Decay said. Quote, it is recommended that patients perform preoperative bathing with either soap or an antiseptic. End quote. The updated guideline discusses the mainly inconclusive verdict on whether soap or an antiseptic is more beneficial for preoperative bathing. All preoperative bathing recommendations for patients should be provided through clear verbal and written instructions that address important elements of a standardized protocol, including dosing of the bathing product, number of applications, and duration of bathing for each application. Electronic reminders regarding preoperative bathing may be sent to patients. For patients unable to complete preoperative bathing themselves, a family member or caregiver can help by bathing them with a washcloth or an antiseptic impregnated cloth. A new conditional recommendation on procedure-specific guidance for preoperative bathing before shoulder surgery was added in this update. It includes the possible use of topical benzoyl peroxide gel, for example, 5% with or without clindamycin, for skin decolonization in the days before surgery. This is based on evidence that Cudibacterium acnes, formerly called Propionobacterium acnes, in the sebaceous glands and hair bulbs of the dermis is the main cause of SSIs in shoulder surgery. Surgical Site Hair Management Decay noted a change in terminology in the updated guideline from hair removal to surgical site hair management to emphasize that hair removal should be based on individual patient assessment to minimize the amount of surgical site hair removed. Also noted in the previous version of the guideline, hair at the surgical site should be left in place unless otherwise indicated. Quote, Indications for hair removal may include interference with the surgeon's vision of the surgical site, adhesiveness of drapes or wound dressings, or the closure of the incision. End quote, Decay said. Quote, If hair removal is not indicated and hair is left in place at the surgical site, it is important to be aware that it could create a risk of surgical fire when flammable skin antiseptics are used. And thus, it is vital that the manufacturer's instructions which can include dry times of up to one hour, are followed, end quote. If hair needs to be removed, it should be done as close to the start of surgery as possible, so that if a break in skin integrity occurs, the time is lessened between clipping and surgical site preparation. Hair removal also should be done in a location outside the OR or procedure room to lessen the potential for dispersal of hair onto sterile supplies. Surgical Site Antiseptics An alcohol-based skin antiseptic should be used for surgical site preparation unless contraindicated. The updated guideline carries over the antiseptic selection criteria from the previous version, 
which is based on the specific surgical procedure site, such as the abdomen, hand, foot and ankle, lower limb, hip and knee, shoulder, spine, vagina, and eye. Quote, Skin microbiota differs depending on the body site, and each site can harbor different types of bacteria. End quote, Decay said. Quote, New evidence is highlighted in each body area section of the guideline, much of which yields conflicting results of which perioperative care providers should be aware. End quote. Current research and a patient assessment also should be included as part of antiseptic selection criteria. A new recommendation was added that a tinted antiseptic that is most visible on the patient's skin should be selected. Quote, there is no one-size-fits-all product that can be adequately seen on the wide range of skin tones across a patient population, end quote, Decay noted. Quote, there should be a similar focus on using a surgical site marker that can be visible on a patient's individual skin tone, end quote. Based on an updated recommendation from the National Fire Protection Agency, a new discussion was added to address fire safety practices such as removing all items used for skin prep with alcohol-containing solution from the patient vicinity, not from the room as previously required, before using an ignition source. Patient care vicinity is defined in the National Fire Protection Agency guidance as, quote, a space within the location intended for the examination and treatment of patients, extending 1.8 meters, 6 feet, beyond the normal location of the bed, chair, table, treadmill, or other device that supports the patient during examination and treatment, and extending vertically to 2.3 meters, 7 feet 6 inches, above the floor. End quote. Quality. A new section in the updated guideline outlines bundled interventions that include preoperative skin antisepsis as part of a quality improvement program to reduce SSIs. Decay indicated that new evidence and intervention should be evaluated on a regular basis to revise SSI prevention bundles. Quote, While no studies have shown the ideal actions to implement for prevention of SSIs in every surgical procedure, there is a growing body of literature in this area that perioperative healthcare professionals should follow to ensure that their organizational SSI bundles remain rooted in the latest evidence. End quote. She said. Conclusion. Preoperative patient skin antisepsis decreases the patient's risk of developing an SSI by reducing the amount of bacteria on the skin near the surgical site that could contaminate the incision site. Perioperative nurses play an essential role in developing skin antisepsis protocols for preoperative decolonization and bathing, facilitating necessary surgical site hair removal, selecting and applying skin antiseptics for surgical site preparation, and implementing SSI prevention bundles.